would ask you to turn again in your Bibles to uh, Matthew uh, chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 18 through to verse 25. That's the end of the chapter. You'll find it on page number 1491 if you have a pew Bible. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is the word of the living God. And the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Amen. Friends, the birth of a baby is always an occasion of great excitement in anticipation of the arrival. And then when the day itself comes and Junior uh, pops into the world, and uh, you know, as a fellowship, we've known that blessing during the course of the year with a uh, couple of babies, a few babies being born into the, uh, the life of the fellowship. And just over 21 years ago, uh, happy occasion when Tim popped into the world. So happy birthday to Tim today and wish him a happy birthday on the way out. I always feel, I think, people who are born on Christmas Day are shortchanged because you only get one present, don't you? You know, but... It is an occasion of great, great joy. There are a few, obviously there are a few questions that immediately emerge on the arrival of a baby. It wouldn't be the first time we've rang Roberta and said such and such has had a baby. And the next question is, boy or girl? And of course, typical man, don't know it's one or the other. Um, Now I'm not going to dig myself into the hole that my brother John started to dig himself into um, last night, uh, I won't go into that. You can ask him about it afterwards if you if you wish. Um, but I'm certainly, you know, uh, among the group that gets very excited at the birth of, of a little baby, fascinated by them, and uh, see them all as beautiful uh, little gifts of uh, uh, from the hand of God. Uh, but of course, you know, um, when the baby is born and you find out boy or girl, contrary to much that is going on in our present climate, sadly. You know, the places where the baby arrives, 
you know, those places are not surrounded by nurses and doctors, you know, saying to one another and looking at one another, saying, oh, look, uh, it's a wee person, or it's a nit, or it's a they, until they determine their gender. No, it's a boy or a girl, and they tell the, uh, the mum and the dad, it's a boy, or you have a wee girl. And, uh, of course, the excitement comes from that. The gender is assigned by God. Uh, he created them in the beginning, male and female. But, of course, the, uh, the next question surrounds the weight. And, uh, again, is, you know, males. You know, it goes over our head, doesn't it? And um, we're told at that point by our wives, you're absolutely useless. Um, but the, the most important question, the third question is, uh, you know, the question concerning the name. Because without a name, things are somehow incomplete. And that's why there's a tremendous amount of time spent considering names. And, uh, you know, there are lists, as you know, all around the, the world concerning the most popular names for boys and girls. Now, at the moment in the UK, according to LBC News... Uh, Olivia is the most popular name for baby girls. Coming back to the top of Baby Centre's list after toppling Sophie from the list. You're kicked into second place, Sophie. Um, and so, whether it make it back into the list, top, top one next week, who knows? Yeah. But um, the other top ten names after, or the top eight following. Uh, Olivia and Sophie are Amelia, Isla, Lily. Oh, she's engrossed in a, her, her mum's phone. Uh, Ava, Freya, Ivy, Grace, and Willow. Uh, boys' names. Muhammad is the top boys' name in the UK. But if you live in a family where maybe are three boys born and all of them are called Muhammad, like it's going to end up the top, isn't it? But uh, after that comes Noah, Theo, Leo, Leo, Olivia, uh, Oliver, sorry, uh, Arthur, George, Luca, Freddie, and Jack. And usually the naming takes place uh, with, um, you know, between the parents. Sometimes they'll call the child after, you know, Great Uncle Jack or Great Auntie Ethel or whatever. Um, but uh, when it comes to the choice of the name. Generally, it does come down to the parents, doesn't it? You know, they're the ones who pick the name. And in fact, as much as grandparents and aunts and uncles want to put their tuppence worth in, uh, they're as well just stepping back from it all and letting them get on with it. But in the case of this birth that we have gathered here this morning to sing about and remember, in the case of this birth, Mary and Joseph did not choose the name. Now, imagine for a moment that we lived in Nazareth and a young couple had moved in down the street. And uh, we wonder who that young couple is. And we notice that they're out, you know, pushing the buggy and they've got a, 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 wee, a wee boy in the buggy. And we're saying, you know, perhaps we'll meet them. And we do uh, at the playground. And uh, we say, well, nice little chap, you know, what's his name? And... Uh, the mum says, well, his name's Jesus. And we say, oh, that's a, that's a good name. Is it a family name? Or is it a name that you just liked? And then the dad 
popped in with his, his uh, reply, Joseph says, well, actually, it was neither. Uh, it was quite a surprise. Uh, an angelic visitor came to us and declared the name. An angel came to me in a dream and said, she's going to bear a son and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, at that point in our part of the world, we would have run a mile from him. Uh, thinking there's something wrong here but um, in the Middle East 2,000 years ago they were actually expecting a Messiah to be born it had been prophesied so I don't think it would have been too much of a surprise for Joseph to say to anyone inquiring of them about an angelic visitor they would have said oh isn't something like that prophesied in the Old Testament so um, here we are this morning Uh, We are obviously a long way from all of this historically and geographically. Uh, Despite the call um, of the angel to the shepherds, go to Bethlehem and see. Thankfully, we don't have to take that literally, because obviously to get to Bethlehem from Ormskirk would be, you know, quite a feat in itself. So to understand the Christmas story, we don't have to get ourselves there, okay? We are here. We are now. And so it is with the word of God opened that we're able to understand what takes place, why it is taking place and why it actually matters. Matthew, who is describing this for us in the uh, portion that we just read together, explains that the name was indeed revealed to Joseph. Actually, it was also revealed to Mary also, as we're told in Luke chapter 1. Uh, but it was this name was actually prophesied several hundred years prior. Now think back several hundred years. That would take us back to what? 1323. Edward II was on the throne. And England had just signed a peace treaty with the Scots. You know, you Scots are always causing trouble. And so I think it lasted for 13 years before you started your, your rumpus again. But yeah, 700 years ago. Sort of like ancient history to us, isn't it? But 700 years before, this name was prophesied through the prophet Isaiah. And Matthew quotes from Isaiah. He says, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So, once again, they don't choose the name. The parents don't choose the name. They were given the name. And what Matthew and the gospel writers are saying is that what has taken place is the most astonishing miracle in all of human history, without question. And I want to suggest to you that these two names taken in reverse order, allow us to understand two basic questions. Question number one, who is he? This holy child born of the virgin in Bethlehem. Who is he? Answer, his name is Emmanuel, God with us. So when people say, well, I wonder who Jesus is, the question is answered for us in the scriptures, God's word. He is, this child is the word of God incarnate before the word the world ever existed he existed as the eternal god 
And John, in his gospel, writes about it. He says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's phenomenal, isn't it? Does this ever hit home? That God, the Creator, became a human being. The one who created everything, who gave you life and me life. He was born the same way all of us were born. But he was God's eternal son. Yes, his mother was Mary. Now, she is not the mother of God. Because God doesn't have a mother. He is eternal. She is the mother of the man Christ Jesus. God failed in the flesh. And so Mary, the virgin, gave birth. And Jesus had to grow up just in the exact same way as all other wee boys have to grow up. But unlike any one of us, he didn't start to exist nine months before he was born. He always existed. Say he is God's eternal son. And in him, a unique human being. Unique because he was sinless. We are sinful. That's the problem. That's why he had to come in order to deal with the issue of sin. Jesus, during the course of his ministry, said, I have come down from heaven. And we sing about that in our carols sometimes. He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. So that's the question. Who is he? It's answered in the name Emmanuel. Second question. Why should God come to us clothed in humanity? Why would he come? And the answer is found in the other name. Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He is Jesus, which means saviour. Now, he didn't come to judge the world. He didn't come to blame people. He didn't come only to, to seek, but he came to seek and save the lost. Because by nature, we are lost. We are alienated and separated from God. So he came to save. What does that mean? Well, he came to deal with the sin issue. He came to take away our sins. That's why he died on the cross, in order that we might be forgiven and have eternal life. In short order, he is Jesus because he is Emmanuel, God with us. Now, did you get that? He is Emmanuel, God with us. Why did he come? He came to seek and to save the lost. Now, one final question. Since Jesus came to save, Here's the question. Is Jesus your saviour? Is Jesus my saviour? Now come on, ask yourself that question. Jesus came to save. Is Jesus my saviour? And if not, will you take him to be your saviour? That's the question. Not just a question for the children, it's a question for all of us. Jesus, will you be my saviour? 
The Bible tells us that Jesus promised to save all those who repent of their sin and they turn and they trust in him. You see, we all need a savior because we're all sinful. And God can't simply say, well, we won't worry about those things. We won't worry about those things in your life that I tell you not to do, but you do. We won't worry about those uh, things that, um, you know, push you further away from me. We won't worry about the, the sin in your life. We won't worry about you being indifferent to me. But you're switching off when the preacher starts to tell you about your need. You know, those things need to be dealt with. It's a serious thing to be in the presence of God and not listen to him speak to you. And God says, you know, I I just can't let those things go. Because sin has to be dealt with. And that's why all the way through the Old Testament, you have all of these sacrifices. And if you're reading it and you're not familiar with the Bible, and you get sacrifice after sacrifice, you're saying, what in the world is that all about? Well, all of those sacrifices are pointing to the great sacrifice. They all pointed to uh, the day that Christmas Day preceded. Because in entering the world, Jesus began a journey that led to the cross outside of Jerusalem, where he bore the sins of his people. So the real question at Christmas, well, the real questions at Christmas are these. Who is he who we're here worshipping this morning and singing about? He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Why did he come? Well, he came to save sinners. So has he saved you? You say, well, how does that happen? Say, repent of your sin. Acknowledge yourself a sinner. And trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. How does that happen? By faith. You take him at his word. He promises that he saves all who come on to him and trust in him. And because Jesus is able to take the weight of of all of our sin. Whether that's baby sin, little boy or girl sin. Teenager sin, adult sin. He is able to do it. Now have you come to Jesus? Regardless of your age. Have you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, I am a sinner, I need to be saved. Have you ever said, I bow before you, Lord Jesus Christ, as my Lord? Will you not today, if you have never embraced Jesus Christ as your Savior, will you not, as you're sitting before me, say, Lord, today... I offer you the only present you want and the only present that I can give. And that is that you take me as I am. I'm not going to go out of here and try and clean up my life. You know it's a mess. I'm just going to ask you to take me as I am and make me your child. Would you do that this morning? That's what Christmas is all about. You came to seek and to save the lost. You see, if you do that, he will never turn you away. He will put his arms around you and bring you into his family. You'll be saved from an eternal hell, and you will spend eternity 
in heaven with the Savior. I, if you make something of what I've been saying here this morning your prayer, you will be forgiven. If you really repent and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ in that way, then you will find him to be the very Savior that you need him to be. And then you will have the opportunity to go out and tell others this amazing story, that God became a man to seek and to save the lost, sinners such as ourselves. And hopefully um, you will be able to tell it in a clearer way than I have done here this morning, and perhaps certainly in a briefer way than I have managed to do. But nevertheless... If you embrace Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will be able to tell this wonderful, wonderful story to others.